Come in. Here we go again. Up early, feed the dog, out the door, traffic, at the office, boss in some kind of mood today, no time for lunch, annoying co-worker, no time to relax, bedtime. Then we gotta do it all again? Uh, no way. Because the best way to break up the mundane every day is to play. At Wild Rose Casino and Resort. Slots, tables, sports, and a whole lot of perks when you join and play with your club wild card. So, let's play. Wild Rose Casino and Resort, Clinton. Hello there and welcome to the Hawk Fanatic Mailbag Podcast. I am Rob Howe. It is Wednesday, January the 3rd, a little after 9 a.m. Central Time. Happy New Year to everybody. Our first time speaking. Uh, actually, I was on the Rapid Reaction Podcast with Jovan Johnson, Jordan Canzari after Monday's uh, 35-0 to Citrus Bowl loss by Iowa to Tennessee. That was ugly. And obviously in this mailbag podcast, we will have plenty of questions about that game um, and the ramifications moving forward uh, in regards to the Iowa football program. Um, Also coming off an evening where uh, the Iowa men uh, played well, at times last night up in Madison, but uh, lost to the Badgers for a fourth time in a row. Uh, lost by, I think it was 83-72 or 82-73, one or the other. But um, another loss for the Iowa men's basketball program, 0-3 in the conference now. Started 0-3 last year and ended up finishing 11-9. and uh, That will be challenging this year, but I don't think the Big Ten is that daunting. Um, and I think Iowa showed last night against the top twenty, top 25 team on the road. It can compete if it can iron some things out. Um, but we'll see. None of that is guaranteed, but uh, Iowa's going to need that type of bounce back to make it a fifth straight NCAA tournament appearance. Uh, the Iowa women continue to excite, uh, sold out last night, an 8 o'clock tip as well. Uh, so people can get to Carver-Hawkeye Arena for an 8 o'clock tip uh, if they want to. And uh, Caitlin Clark left them uh, shaking their heads when they left the arena. She did it again, uh, a logo three at the buzzer, and it was at the buzzer. It was not tip. It was kind of one of those plays where you look at and you go, eh, there's just not enough evidence there to overturn it. Um, and then if, and then as you have time to like slow it down and people have done, you know, frame breakdowns, she got it off and it was just at a 10th of a second. So uh, incredible. She's an incredible player that gave her 40 points in the game uh, earlier in the day. It was announced. She was the big 10 player of the week again, for a 23rd time in her career, which ties Megan Gustafson, uh, former Hawkeye, for first all-time among Big Ten women's basketball players. So she continues to break records and add to her legend, and uh, it's going to be fun to see how this season plays out. Um, don't get caught up in all that tri- tri- that Twitter nonsense. It, I at least for me, it takes away from the the appreciation and the joy of of these accomplishments. The Dawn Staley, um, apparently Dawn Staley, I didn't see it till this morning because I try. It's like you can't even enjoy things sometimes because there's 
this there there's this rush to um find somebody who is disrespecting you or is has issues with you or something like that even in the good moments it's just so tiring so tired of it on social media what Dawn Staley tweeted was goofy i mean she tweeted that you know the shot she tweeted that the foul on Molly Davis on a previous possession uh and it wasn't a shooting foul it was a bad call and Iowa ended up getting three shots. Molly made two of three. Iowa still would have had the ball um, in that situation um, in a tie game. So you don't know how it's going to play out. That did not change the outcome of the game. Did it impact the outcome of the game? None of us will ever know. Um, but it's somebody's opinion on Twitter and uh, whatever. I, I To me, that going – and trying to get blocked by Don Staley on social media, if that's your motivation after seeing something that was that spectacular, I don't know, man. I, I think we've got I think we've got fucked up priorities, if I can use that word. Excuse my French. It's just annoying. Um, and I like to interact with people on social media, but I'm gonna I'm gonna be on there less and less when I see things like that, especially after such a fabulous moment for Iowa and Iowa history that the attention was directed towards a tweet about somebody questioning a call earlier in the game is just, I know it's Dawn Staley and I know she's a lightning rod and she's done a lot of great things for the sport and people should probably realize that as well. It wasn't a great tweet. I get it, but God, people just, you know, want to feel disrespected and offended on this stuff. It's like they're waiting for something to fight about on social media. Anyway, I'll get off my soapbox. I enjoyed it. I got to watch it uh, with my seventh grader. Uh, she was more impressed by the block shot that Caitlin had earlier, the SWAT shot uh, a few minutes before the the, the logo three. And I was—I got to tell you, that was uh, that was a hell of a play because that's a layup. That's probably a two points there, and change could change the outcome of the game as well. So uh, she was just fabulous last night, Iowa. Uh, wins its 10th game in a row, I believe. Uh, one loss this season, a loss earlier this season to Kansas State. I think we learned last night, though, that if you didn't know it already, I was going to get everybody's best shot. And Michigan State's a good team. They only had one loss coming into that game. I'm not familiar with their scheduling and, and uh, how difficult that was. But, um, yeah, it was – uh, it was fun, and uh, I was going to have more nights like that where it's, you know, edge of your seat, but uh, this is a fun team to watch. I got to go and see them play against Minnesota Saturday afternoon. I went and shot photos of that, and that was fun. Uh, last night, I, I stayed back. John Bonenkamp went to the game, and uh, I wrote about the men's game, uh, and he wrote about the women's game, so he had more fun than me. <laughs> anyway, let's get into your questions. Um, obviously, a lot on foot, foot, the future of football, uh, but also some basketball stuff as well. Um, we'll go back, and this is from, let's see, uh, December 31st, uh, New Year's Eve. And this is Jesse Lucier. Um, and this was before the debacle in. Uh, Orlando. So this was uh, the day before. Uh, Beth Getz has some challenges. First, the offensive coordinator, and now A.J. Ferrari, if Brands wants to keep him. 
I hope Rands makes the logical decision and cuts ties. But if it's not, but if but if not, it's on Beth's plate. Any predictions what will happen? Okay, so those that don't know, and I know not everybody follows Iowa wrestling. A lot of people do. It's a obviously a super um popular sport here, uh more than a lot of places in the country. I need a coffee sip, sorry. But uh it, it, they're, they're, if you need any uh, evidence of that, just check out the uh, beautiful new wrestling facility that's being built adjacent to Carver Hawkeye Arena. But uh, yeah, the Soldier Salute uh, was this past weekend at Extreme Arena in Coralville. And AJ Ferrari, uh, for those that don't know, you can Google him. Uh, he's former Oklahoma State wrestler, was removed from that program, has some, had some, uh, uh, sexual, I don't know what the misconduct, assault, whatever. I, I don't want to misspoke, misspeak. So just, you know, look it up, Google it. But he had issues at Oklahoma State, was released from the team. Uh, I, he officially visited here, I believe, last week and stayed and wrestled, uh, wrestled against an Iowa athlete in the championship match at his weight got DQ'd after actually winning in sudden victory, I guess it's called. I'm sorry. I'm not a huge wrestling person. I'm more of a fringe wrestling person. I go and shoot photos and try to follow it as best as I can. But um, he caused a scene after that flipped off the crowd, uh, pushed the push was pushing people. I think, I guess he got DQ'd for actually making contact with a referee Um he had been in a car accident previous to that where he was. Um, and again, I, I don't know all the details of this, so I don't want to speak out of turn. I know people said um, he was fortunate to survive the car accident. A lot of, a lot of um, experiences and, and uh, developments in his life that you think would have him a little bit more humbled and um, in control but maybe he can't control himself because the scene and you can find it. it's on social media um, and on different websites, the video of it's on my feed, actually, I retweeted it, but um, you can see the the situation and, and the incident that went down. And it's not, it's not what you want in your program. I mean, Iowa certainly had some um, has had some, you know, what's the word I'm looking for. Um I don't know if controversial is the right word, but, you know, wrestlers that have short fuses at times or uh, let their emotions get the best of them. Uh, Austin DeSanto comes to mind, but he, he, he controlled it more once he got here. And, and um, for the most part was, was pretty good with um, controlling his emotions um, for somebody that's very emotional. Um, I wonder about this kid, just from that incident and then reading up on some of his other um, missteps, if you will. Um, so I wonder, um, I, to your question, Jesse, I'm not sure. I don't know what Beth, how, how Beth would step in in this situation. If I was her, this is what I would do. I would say, listen, Tom, I, I'm undecided about whether or not this kid should join our athletic department. Can I meet with him and his parents and then 
set some parameters, set some, okay, if we let you come here and we're not decided, we're not, you know, we're not um, making a decision on that yet, but these are, these are the rules and uh, guidelines that are in place. If you misstep any of that, and I know they've talked about that. And I know the wrestling program has talked about, you know, a zero tolerance policy. I think you need to have the athletic director, um, uh, monitor that and not just leave it with in-house. So we, that's the athletic director's job, just like monitoring what's going on in the other programs in the athletic department. I think it, it would certainly be appropriate. And, um, you know, I, I think, you know, uh, yeah, appropriate's the right word. I think it's, it would certainly be justified as well for her to take that stand in this situation. So, um, we'll see what happens. I don't really have a prediction because I don't know Beth that well um, and and how she operates. We're still kind of learning that, um, but she couldn't have been. She, she There were people directing tweets at her after the incident on Saturday. Um, or was it Sunday? No, it was Saturday. I think it was a Friday, Saturday event. But there were people tagging her in that video of of the incident that happened uh, in Coralville this weekend, uh, and showing her and and asking her not to let AJ Ferrari join the Iowa wrestling team. So she's certainly aware of it. She's got time to to um, to work through this. Meet with you know Tom Brands. Meet with the kid and his family and say you know if we're if we we again we haven't decided, but if we do let you come to this program. And again, his younger brother's committed here, and I know Iowa wants him. You can't worry about that. You have to take each situation for what it is. And if the oldest brother is not stable enough to come here and behave himself, then it's it's not worth it. It's not worth whatever potential success you could have because they're, you're just – you're compromising the integrity of your program and you don't want to do that. It's a good question, Jesse. And I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, Trip Manfro at PFAC 51. Uh, this one is from also, this one is from uh, new year's day. So happy new year to trip. Um, when is the last time Iowa football was shut out three times in one season? I believe it was 1972. Um, it was in that area uh, during the dark days. Uh, the 70s were very dark for Iowa football um, until Hayden came around, uh, you know, to, to usher in the 80s and and uh, rebuild the program. But the 70s were rough. And uh, that just doesn't – obviously, you're talking about, you know, the, the – uh, craziness almost of Iowa's success this year with how inept and historically bad the offense was and to get shut out in your last two games outscored 92 to nothing in your last two games you played three ranked teams this year uh excuse me they were outscored 61 to zero um in the two, last two games, 92 to zero in the three games against ranked teams. Cause you had the 31 to zero shutout uh, in state college against Penn state earlier in the year. So 
Um, yeah, I think it was the seventies. Not uh, not a record or, or not a um, not an achievement you want to match. And uh, it was a a bad time for Iowa football and uh, an interesting time for Iowa football right now. Trip is back. Uh, this one is also for Monday. Should KF be totally embarrassed by the offense? Does he care? A does he care enough to do anything about it? Or B that's football. I think he addresses it, Trip. How he addresses it is what the question is. I think he does care. Um, I, he wants to win. Um, he's ultra competitive. That's why he's in. He has the job he has. Um, but it's just, is he open minded and non rigid enough to be to do what's necessary to fix what's wrong on offense? It's more than Brian Ferentz. It's more than Deacon Hill. It's more than the offensive line. It's more than um, the wide receivers getting separation. Um, it, it's it's a, a rebuild. It is a total rebuild. And if he starts coming out and saying, "Listen, this is the, these are the players we have coming back. This this season was a result of injuries." We would have figured it out and then runs it back the same way or with just minor tweaks. That to me is malpractice. And um, we talked about Beth earlier. You don't want to have your athletic director guiding football hires and philosophy. You just don't want that's not a dynamic that you want, but you also cannot let the people running the football program continue to. Um, go down a road because yeah, they won 10 games this year. Um, and you can read the column that I wrote after the game, putting into context, those 10 wins um, and who they were against. And Iowa has lost its last seven games against ranked teams and been outscored 235 to 44 in those games. Um, that dates back to the 2021 big 10 championship game that was lost 42 to three. Then they ended up losing to a ranked Kentucky team, 20 to 17 in the cap one ball. So those two losses got it started. Then they lost their two games against ranked teams last year. You'll remember Michigan here and Iowa scored a couple of, you know, cosmetic touchdowns late in that game. And I think it ended up being 26 to 14 um, and then just got, Boat raced at Ohio State last year, and then I just talked about the three shutouts. So um, obviously, you want it's great to beat the teams. It's great to win rivalry trophies. It's great to beat the teams in the Big Ten West. You have you know histories with all those teams, but the goals have to be bigger than that. And playing against ranked teams and going zero and seven. Uh, since the end of 2021 um, and being outscored 235 to 44, that's not a small sample size. That's, you know, two full seasons. And then, and their last ranked win was against the Penn state team. You'll remember the, the Spencer Petrus to Nico Ragaini uh, pass late in that game that, that pulled it out against, you know, I think they were both top five or top 10 teams, Penn state and Iowa at Kinnick stadium. Well, that Penn State team fell on its face and finished seven and six. Uh, and then the two ranked te- teams they beat 
earlier in that season, Indiana and Iowa State did not turn out to um, be worthy of their preseason rankings. So Iowa really needs to figure out how to play against the top teams. And you cannot, I think it's, you know, painfully obvious you cannot do that without a, a, a an offense that has somewhat of a pulse. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that injuries had nothing to do with what happened this season, but it doesn't explain three years of this. So it falls on Kirk's feet and uh, we'll see if he's able to um, fix it. And that that's uh, leads into Tripp's third question here for Monday, which would be, should Kirk be allowed to make Hawkeye football great again? I know there have been some, uh, there's been some calls, uh, at least on social media. And again, I d- addressed that earlier in this podcast, the, uh, the value of social media, but it's I, after what we saw in Indianapolis last month and then in Orlando on Monday, I think it's natural for some people to ask for Kirk to be fired and move on. You can't do that. I mean, they won 10 games this year and we can again dissect the value of those 10 games but winning 10 games is winning 10 games and i believe iowa is 28 and 11 during the last three seasons you don't fire a coach your all-time winning is coach when he's winning 10 games i think that's silly but you can you can um it's i'm talking from a beth Getz standpoint you can interject and say, how is this offensive coordinator hire? How is that going to, to improve what we do? Um, The one thing I will say is uh, a few followers, a few people I follow and who follow me, who I think are level-headed fans uh, had an interaction yesterday that I butted into, um, but they graciously uh, responded to it. Um, which was the 10 wins. This season was stressful. It wasn't enjoyable, even with the 10 wins, because it was just, you know, painful to watch at times and not exciting. And there was dread. I heard that word. Um, It'll be interesting to see what season ticket sales are like going into next year. Because if you look at it um, last year, Iowa got, I think, a positive bump by Cade McNamara and the additions through the transfer portal. Well, we don't have that this year. I was over the scholarship limit. There aren't, they're not adding players beyond the 2024 recruiting class to get people excited. Is this offensive coordinator hire going to get people excited? I don't know. We'll have to find out and see, but I think people, more people may take a wait-and-see approach than they did a year ago. Now, again, I, I, I've talked about this a lot, and Iowa football is an event. It's an experience. It's um vacation, mini vacation sometimes for people. They meet with family and friends. They tailgate. They eat. They enjoy themselves. It's it's fun. It's it's more than just the game, right? So you're giving up more than just Iowa football if you don't go to the game. So I think that impacts things as well. But I would not be surprised if there was somewhat of a drop off, but it's not going to be it's not going to be precipitous because people love Iowa football too much. But you need to have that stadium full if you're Iowa football. And we'll see kind of how that plays out 
this year. There, it is a, a more attractive home schedule this year than in the past. You know, you've got Iowa State here, you've got Wisconsin here, you've got Nebraska here, uh, Washington comes to town. Um, I don't remember it. I think they go to Maryland and go to UCLA. And uh, I can't remember. I, I know there's another attractive home game, and I apologize. My memory isn't what it used to be. Um, but, yeah, I do think, to answer Tripp's question, Kirk certainly has a chance uh, and, and should be given the opportunity to make Hawkeye football great again. Uh, but it's not trending in the right direction, regardless of winning 10 games this year in the Big Ten West. I think people have a um, have an idea of – of the context of those wins. And if not, check out, check out my column. Again, I, I uh, tried to go through some numbers there. Uh, we've got a, um, a couple of uh, non-questions, but more statements from Craig Zudema, Zudema, Zudema. I'm sorry. I know you've asked questions before and I apologize for butchering your last name. Um his first tweet is, I have absolutely no faith in any new offensive coordinator under Kirk. Ten and one against crap teams, shut out against three quality teams. I don't know who quoted arrogance of protection in regards to Kirk's blocking schemes, but his arrogance goes way beyond that. How does Sam Laporta get a quarterback bowl package last year, but the backup quarterback who obviously can run the ball doesn't this year? Cooper supposedly gets hurt practicing on offense instead of a backup quarterback. There is something wrong with Iowa football that goes well, way beyond BF. And that's an exclamation point uh, after the Brian Ferentz reference. Um, and he's referring to Marco Linnaeus, who came in uh, after Deacon Hill's pick six uh, in the Outback or Citrus Bowl, excuse me. And, uh, led the team in rushing. I think he rushed for like 60 yards. Looked a lot of times like he was running for his life, but he does bring that element. And that's part of the stubbornness with Kirk and in and in connection with Brian about sticking with quarterbacks and not trying something else when things aren't going well. Um, I understand that Deacon Hill was six and two as a starter and you want to give him every opportunity um, but it's a bowl game. It's an exhibition game. Again, I know it's important. You're playing to win. You want to get the 11th victory. But you also should be looking ahead to the future a little bit. And there was no reason for Brian Ferentz to come out Saturday or Sunday whenever he met with the media and say that uh, they were going with Deacon wire to wire and that Marco wasn't going to play. Um, cause then you saw how bad it got and they really had no choice to not put Marco in after the pick six would have been coaching malpractice. And you could make a case that it was malpractice before that. Um, you know, and even in the, even how things, how bad things were against Michigan in the big 10 championship game, when that got out of hand, not to at least, you know, take a look at the backup quarterback. Now we saw Marco needs to work on his throwing um, and his accuracy, but you can do a lot of things with a guy that can move the pocket, keep plays alive, things like that. You know, you can see what elements he brings and how it relates to modern football, which is having quarterbacks that can, 
get that can make plays off schedule, that can um, be creative, um, you know, improvise things like that. But I don't think, at least with twenty five years of evidence, that Kirk Ferentz wants his quarterbacks improvising. He wants control of what they're doing on offense, and I think that's part of the problem. So. Um, yeah, you make good points, Craig, and uh, I appreciate you checking in. Probably a good time here to take a little break for our from for our sponsors, uh, and I want to let folks know that support for this podcast comes from Systems Unlimited, celebrating 50 years of providing services to people living with disabilities and mental health needs throughout East Central Iowa. A list of their services and upcoming events can be found at sui.org. That is sui.org. Thank you to Systems Unlimited for the great work that they're doing in our community for over half a century uh, and their support of the podcast. We're going to hear from a few more folks that support the podcast. I'll be back on the other side with more of your questions and comments. Hang in there. Hi, I'm Jim Street, owner of Streets Maintenance. As a licensed, insured, and bonded master plumber, I specialize in all plumbing repairs, including but not limited to water heater and sump pumps to toilet and faucet repairs and replacements. For more information about my business, I'm online at streetsmaintenance.com and Facebook, or give me a call at 400-4483. 400-4483. Hi, this is AJ Perez, managing partner at Deary Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Waukee and Iowa City. I'm so proud of our team at both locations. We are committed to one thing, giving our customers the absolute best when it comes to service and a car buying experience, the kind of experience that brings you back. What makes us different? We believe at Deary, we don't just sell cars, we help people buy them. Do you need a great electrical contractor or fire and water restoration specialist? Well, contact Lance Bolin at LB Electric and LJ Construction in North Liberty. Lance has served the corridor for many years and is ready to help you. Call Lance Bolin at 319-640-1116. That's 319-640-1116. Or visit LJ underscore construction on Instagram for licensed and insured electrical work, fire and water restoration, and remodeling. Straight from the Man Cave, Kinnick Under the Kitchen. Authentic, original player artwork is being drawn up for Hawkeye fans everywhere. Locally made prints of stars wearing the black and gold from the past, present, and future. How about current Hawkeye superstars Cooper DeGene and Tori Taylor? Legends of the past like Jack Campbell, Spencer Lee, and Tim Dwight. Plus future phenoms like Aaron Graves. There are so many options available. They make great gifts and your purchase benefits the Hawkeye athletes wearing the black and gold. Visit Under the Kitchen on Facebook or at Under the Kitchen's new website. That's underthekitchen.square.site. Again, that's underthekitchen.square.site. Check out Under the Kitchen today and get your authentic, original Hawkeye print. And we are back here on the Hawk Fanatic Mailbag Podcast. Again, Rob, how it is January the 3rd, Wednesday, uh, 9.30 a.m. We pushed to Wednesday this week. Uh, I I spaced out solicit- my solicitation, excuse me, tweet on Monday night for questions for the podcast. So I just pushed till this morning. But next week, we should be back on our regular schedule uh, on Tuesday, the night after the national championship game. So uh, let's get back into your questions here. Where did I leave off? Uh, left off with Craig's 
Craig's questions and and uh, actually quite Craig's statements uh, about his frustrations with Iowa offense, uh, with Iowa's offense. Uh, we've got one here from Drake Timbers at Jacobra Cat now on Twitter, but it is he'll always be Drake Timbers. Um, is the gene more likely to return if offered a full-time offensive role, creating more balance than Bambi's home life? A metaphor geared for kids raised during the two world wars, a movie about a fawn raised by a single doe threatened by fire and hunters, and then by an estranged buck. Um, I'm familiar with Bambi Drake. I'm old. So uh, I appreciate you explaining that for folks that maybe don't know who Bambi is. Um, <laughs> but uh, th- that's kind of the additional uh, uh, existential uh, eccentric, however you want to explain Drake Timbers. He's going to ask pertinent Iowa sports questions and then mix in life. Uh, so I'll let you guys ruminate and uh, marinate on the life portion of this. And uh, I don't know uh, would be my main answer uh, to the, the to the DeGene question. Um, but uh, uh to going back to Craig's point of DeGene getting hurt in practice and being out for uh, an important part of the season. Uh, I think it would help. Uh, you know, I think if you put him on offense, defense, and special teams, you create maybe a Charles Woodson situation where he becomes um, talked about in Heisman conversations going into the season and definitely at the beginning of the season, if you start utilizing him on offense right away. Um, but I think this has to be a financial situ- uh, uh, decision for Cooper. Um, he saw uh, how easy it is and kind of how, you know, just regular football practice can create an injury like that. Um, and when you're, all but guaranteed to be a first round pick, which he would be if he came out with that guaranteed money. I just, I don't know how much he moves up to be honest with you uh, in the draft. If he's kind of mid first round, how much does he move up? And even if he does, he loses a year of salary because whatever the, the uh, swarm collective gives him is going to pale in comparison to what he would make going to the NFL. So he loses a year of um, working towards being vested. Uh, he loses a year of salary and money. He use, loses a year of working towards that second contract, which in the NFL, if you're good, that that's the big payday. Um, you know, I just – to me, it's similar somewhat to the TJ Hawkinson situation. Um when he was coming out and wanted to stay, loved Iowa football, loved the program, loved being in college, loved college football, but it was just too the 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 financial um, impact for his future. Just you you couldn't he couldn't justify coming back, and uh, I think Cooper is in a similar situation, although he's not a top ten pick, so. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens with all these decisions. We're waking up, waiting on Nick Jackson and Sebastian Castro and Quinn Schulte and uh, Jamari Harris. There are others too, but those are uh, some key uh, starters that are 
in decision making mode right now about their futures. So good question. Uh I would lean towards not coming back uh, in my prediction for Cooper DeGene, but would love to watch him uh play another year at Kinnick Stadium and take photos. because uh, he's <laughs> he's very photogenic. Uh 44 Mless at 44 Mless on Twitter. Uh, hi, Rob. Happy New Year's, and I hope your family has a great 2024. Right back at you, Les. Thank you. Uh, this offense is obviously broken, but how serious are the problems within the offense, and can they be fixed by the start of next season, or will it take longer to fix them regardless of the new offensive coordinator? It's a great question, and I can't say that I know for certain, um, but as I said earlier, it, it was more than – you know, just take Monday's game in the Citrus Bowl. If it wasn't one thing, it was another. If it wasn't pass protection or run blocking breaking down, it was poor decisions by the quarterback. When the quarterback made good throws and some decision, you know, good decisions, there were dropped passes. Um, there were too many times that we've seen throughout the last several years where the defense is not um the the opposing defense i the 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 defense that i was offense is competing against knows what's coming there's no deception there's no uh element of surprise there's not enough movement if there's movement who are you moving um is it a threat to the defense you saw a tennessee defense that was impacted greatly by defections after the regular season Pitch is shut out. They, lo- they were missing three of their starting members of their secondary. They were missing an all-SEC defensive lineman. It didn't matter, and that's not good. So, yeah, I have a feeling, Les, that the, there are it's, – it's foundational. It's, it's, there needs to be more than a few tweaks, um, and I think they can – put something together by the start of the season if they commit to it early and Kirk is willing to adjust more than he has in the past. It's up to him. And we've talked about this at nauseum. He is the architect of this offense. It's his foundation. It's his philosophy. It's his approach. He'll tell you it's complementary football based and it is, but the other two phases are in, a, in just an incredibly better spot than what the third phase is. And the gap hasn't been able to close. So how do you do that? You may have to take more risk offensively than you're comfortable with and then rely on a really good defense to bail you out if there is a mistake. Because there were plenty of mistakes this year made on offense. The, there were tur- t- a lot of turnovers on offense, including on Monday. The defense bailed them out a lot. Um, but those turnovers were made being conservative and playing not to, to, not to turn the ball over rather than being aggressive and taking a shot down the field or, you know, maybe running something that is uh, less predictable. 
for the defense to prepare for. So those are kind of my thoughts there. I do think simplify things. We, you know, we've heard players talk about how it takes years to learn Iowa's offense. If you look at Iowa's offense and it's taken you years to learn that, and it's that ineffective, that alone tells you that there can be adjustments and things that, you know, that, that adjustments and a different approach needs to happen. Um, I'm we'll have plenty of time to talk about in this in the off season, but those are some of my thoughts on that question. Uh, another one from 44. Where do you rank Tory Taylor's punting record in terms of most difficult to break? Is it right up there with Cal Ripken's consecutive game streak, DiMaggio's hit streak, et cetera? I have a feeling that he will own this record for a long time. Yeah, I think it's safe, uh, especially with the current state of college football uh, and how teams um, are aggressive going for it on fourth down a lot of times. Um, especially when they get into opponents' territory territories, you won't see as many opportunities for punters. So, I mean, the record stood since 1938. Um, you know, so to think that it, to think that it's going to be broken quickly, it's not a trend, and it's not a record that you want. Um, I'm happy for Tory that he'll be in the record books, but that's that's a that's a refre- reflection more on. Um, or equally on getting the opportunities based on how bad an offense is historically bad. So you have that combination at work there. So, yeah. Uh, uh, Sydney Tinker on Twitter, Kirk values time of possession, complimentary football, but Iowa hasn't ranked inside the top 100 the last two years for time of possession. Despite that, this defense has been sublime during the same period. Don't tell Kirk people that just throw the ball around also win time of possession. Yeah, it's that it's kind of it leads into and it's a good point. And uh, I didn't know that statistic, but it makes an awful lot of sense, especially this year based on the turnovers. I think that played in the time of possession as well. But um, it's just a different age of football. It's not, you know three three yards in a cloud of dust i mean you have to take shots you have to attack these defenses when teams attack iowa's defense that's the best most effective method of doing it you can't be stupid but you have to hit iowa where it's giving you you know the iowa defense has spots where you can attack and you have to be patient enough and attack those spots um but yeah, I mean, time of possession is an important statistic, uh, but the turnovers are more important. And um, if you're running Iowa's offense and you're still not in the top hundred in time of possession, that is a a uh, toxic combination, as they say. Uh, we've got a few more here, and uh, E at NBA underscore fan underscore 2014. Will any more Iowa players transfer after the game yesterday? This was from yesterday, talking about Monday's game. Um, I think so. I, I think just when you look at the, the uh, scholarship distribution, uh, they're over the limit right now, and I think there are guys – we'll see what happens with the seniors that I talked about earlier, and then that could impact um, – some of the guys that are that are 
have the eligibility to come back that are younger that maybe haven't played yet, uh, particularly uh, on some of those defensive positions. If you're bringing back, you know, Schulte and Castro and Jamari Harris, guys that maybe were thinking, hey, I can move up the depth chart this spring, are going to be blocked, so to speak. That can influence decisions. Uh, and I think, I, I I just think, you know, you get to a certain point in your career, it doesn't look like there's a path to playing time at Iowa that you move on. And some guys did that before the bowl game, and I expect at least several guys to do that after. I won't speculate on names. I don't like to do that. Uh, but if you look at depth, the depth chart uh, and, you know, beyond the depth chart, the – um, what do you call it? The uh, the amount of guys at a given position, you can kind of look and say, okay, this this is a possibility. And I would I would suggest just doing that, going to a roster. I kind of do that periodically. Um, Trip is back. This one is from last night after the men's basketball game. When will beating the Hawkeyes men's become a quad one win for Big Ten opponents? Uh, well, I think it helps if you win at Carver. Um, and uh, Iowa has to win more games, right? So if Iowa can win more games starting Saturday against Rutgers at home, I have to miss that one. I'll be at my daughter's volleyball, club volleyball tournament up in Cedar Falls this weekend. So we'll not be able to make the men's game this week. I don't know if I'll even be able to watch it uh, live. I'll have to watch the replay. But uh, win more games. That's when beating the Hawkeyes will become a quad one win for Iowa opponents uh, the late Bulgaria, uh, this one's from uh, Drake Timbers again, and this one will finish us up for this week. Apologize if I missed everybody. You got to use the hashtag. Uh, the late Bulgarian mystic Baba Vanga, who predicted COVID, said 2024 will give us breakthroughs in technology and medicine, as well as devastating solar flares. What does the Hawkeye, Hockey and Mystic Baba Rob Howe predict for 2024? A year whose infant eyes age by the hour. Yes, great timbers. Good way to finish up. Um, 24 predictions. I predict that um, Kalen Clark leaves for the WNBA after this season. I predict that Cooper DeGene goes to the NFL. I predict that Iowa baseball is going to get a lot of attention this spring with two very high-level pitching prospects, major league pitching prospects, and Brody Brecht and Marcus Morgan. Uh, Those are a few that come to mind. I would have to write down and go through every sport and and find a list, you know, find a – find some storylines within those programs. But those are some that come to mind. Um, and then Iowa will use multiple quarterbacks next year. They will not have a quarterback start the season and end the season completely healthy. Um, I, I say that hoping that I'm dead wrong on that. I just – I have concerns about Cade McNamara and his recovery. Uh, and being able to get back there and stay healthy for a whole season, unless Iowa does some things on offense that maybe protects him a little bit more. But that's a conversation for another day, uh, and this conversation has come to an end, unfortunately. Um, But I appreciate everybody asking questions. Uh, Look under here to make sure I haven't missed anyone. Um, 
don't see anything uh, with the hashtag again. You got to use the hashtag, folks. Even if you respond underneath my um, my tweets, sometimes it doesn't come through or I don't see it. So I apologize if I have not answered your question. Try it again next week with the hashtag HFMail. You can send me questions, comments anytime during the week, and I will uh, I will go back and pick up where I left off the previous podcast and jump in there on the next podcast, which will be next Tuesday, by the way, um, which will be January the 9th. So check back then, fire away, send me questions, comments. Love to hear from you guys. I appreciate everybody who contributed to this podcast. Appreciate everybody who listened. I especially appreciate our sponsors. And uh, I will talk to you tomorrow, Wednesday, January the 4th. We will live stream the Hawkeye Hotspot podcast with Scott Doctorman. That kicks off at 9 a.m. tomorrow, January, 9 a.m. Central Time tomorrow, Thursday, January the 4th. So until then, peace.